So welcome to another episode of Turbocharged ND. I am your host, Rich Force. I'm the CEO of Medical Marketing Solutions. And as always, I'm really excited to be here. Today, we have a special guest, Rockstar Doc. His name is Dr. David Cunningham. He's coming to us today from Mansfield, Massachusetts. Dr. Cunningham is a regenerative medicine and men's health specialist. I can tell you personally, I've known him for the last several years. And whenever it comes to talking about sexual wellness or just anything wellness in general, David's always been just a great person to listen to, get his opinions, and hear his professional uh, opinions on how you know, things are going within the industry. And that's why we have him on today. Um, there's been a lot of kind of like, what do we do in the sexual wellness space as far as treatment protocols and what have you? And I know that uh, David has done a lot of tinkering, toying, experimenting. He has a very robust practice. So he's going to share with us uh, best practices, give us a good idea of to which way this industry is gravitating toward. So without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. David Cunningham. David, welcome to the podcast, Turbocharge MD. How are you today? Great, Rich. Thank you so much for having me on today. Looking forward to uh, sharing my experiences over the past few years and talking a little bit about men's health and regenerative medicine. Fantastic. I appreciate that. I'm excited to have you. So can you just tell everyone who's listening just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm uh, formally trained as a family physician, uh, medical school in New York City. I did my residency in family medicine at UNC Chapel Hill. And I've been practicing between um, the Boston Providence area, southeast Massachusetts, for nearly 20 years now in, in full-spectrum primary care. And about five years ago, coming up on five years, a uh, partner and I started a direct primary care practice called Infinity Family Care. And so we have a small practice really focusing on root cause for, for overall illness and, um, and obviously for improving people's quality of life and wellness. Oh, fantastic. Great. Sounds like you have your hands full and a busy schedule. Yeah. So we met probably about four or five years ago. We both were in the shockwave therapy uh, for ED space. Uh, I met you through another company, and we've been working closely together since then. So can you tell us a little bit about how you became interested really on focusing on men's sexual wellness? Sure. So throughout my career, I've always uh, practiced full-spectrum primary care, but over time, we all find ourselves focusing in on one, uh, maybe one area of interest or one group of, of patients of our clientele. And for me, that's guys. That's with the men kind of I, that I relate to, men between the ages of maybe 30, 35, and probably 60, 65. And a lot of times, uh, these are, are guys who are struggling with midlife issues and feeling, feeling that they're stuck. And one of the things that often comes up is this um, you know, door hand on the uh, on the doorknob, leaving the the exam room. Hey, doc, by the way, uh, I've been having issues in the bedroom, or I heard this commercial about this medicine or that medicine for ED, and just wanted to get your take on it. And that repeated itself multiple times through my early stages of my career. I started realizing that this is not a uh, two second conversation. This is not a hand on the doorknob, running out the door to my next patient sort of conversation to be having. It, it really unearths a lot of issues in terms of cardiometabolic health, in terms of, um, you know, maybe atherosclerotic or vasculogenic health, in terms of hormonal health, and things that really play a big role in these, these guys' lives. And so how I, how I actually set foot into the regenerative space and met you at another, uh, another 
type of, of treatment company was a patient of mine who had had a shockwave treatment done for ED and was very happy with the result but not the experience. He, he felt that it was um, he was sort of being treated as a number and he was just kind of going to a clinic and he said to me, Dave, you should do this. You spend the time. You connect with people. You really enjoy getting to the root cause of these issues and you should check this out. And so, you know, a couple months later, here I was meeting you at, at the training uh, facility and that really threw me into the world of, of regenerative medicine full force. Um, and that's how I kind of focused in on the on you know what we can be doing other than whipping out our prescription pad or typing up a, a script on our electronic health record for you know a little blue pill um, that you know we'll talk a little bit more I'm sure about the pros and cons of medications but uh, that really doesn't get to the underlying issue of, of why men are bringing this up in the in the primary care office so right. that's kind of how I, I jumped into it originally Awesome. And I definitely have found, you know, over the past several years, four or five years, that the conversation about erectile dysfunction has seemed to become more comfortable or more mainstream where nobody ever wanted to talk about it. And I think because of advances uh, in treatment programs and in accessibility of having those treatments and great doctors like yourself, it seems, it seems like more people are actually willing to have the conversation and are you know, seeking some kind of help. Is that something you found to be true as well? Absolutely. I think there's, there's a, like you said, a greater awareness, uh, a larger comfort um, feeling that you're not alone if you're suffering from this. I mean, we know that the, the numbers, the percentage of, of, of men in their 40s, 50s, 60s that suffer from some degree, either mild, moderate, or even severe ED is fairly staggering. And, you know, when you see those numbers and you walk, on the, walk along the street and you're looking at a bunch of guys walking on the street, you've got to be thinking, hey, you know, there's a really good chance that that guy right there has some issue where that guy, that's, I mean, I don't do that when I'm walking down the street, but, but, <laughs> you know, we're not alone. And I think the commercials, the direct to consumer marketing that was happening back early again in my career really did a, a, in some ways, a very, very big service to men all throughout the, the, the country. They realized, A, that they're not alone, and B, that there was something that was worthwhile discussing with their physician where they might not have come in otherwise. Um, sure. So that, that really has helped kind of uh, normalize the conversation. And, and nowadays, you know, we're trained as primary care physicians and certainly as men's health and regenerative medicine specialists and urologists and, and um, endocrinologists to ask. You know, if we're not asking about sleep apnea and snoring, ED and sexual health, libido, um, even now uh, it's not necessarily the focus of this conversation, but premature ejaculation as well and other sexual health concerns, then we're not doing our job or we're not given the time to do our job properly. So, so yeah, it's definitely more a conversation that we have on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you two questions uh, within this. How many men, as far as you're aware of, statistically are suffering from some type of erectile dysfunction? And then the second part of that question is, what are the common causes of ED? Sure. So the easy, the, the, the simple answer is a lot. And, and the problem is that we, um, in the world of erectile dysfunction, we do not have uh, standardized language that is, is commonly understood in terms of what ED really is. And there are great different, uh, differences between mild, moderate, severe, uh, ED. So, um, 
estimates are that as many as 30 million men in the United States suffer from some form of erectile dysfunction. But again, that could be a 32-year-old who has issues with uh, porn addiction and may have psychogenic factors, or that could be a 52-year-old with severe diabetes and cardiovascular disease who you know, doesn't even get morning, spontaneous morning erections anymore. So there's a wide variation, but the, the generally considered numbers around 30 million, and what we see is about 30 to 40% of men in their 40s have some degree of notable that where they recognize you know, an issue, ED, about 50% of men in their 50s, maybe 60% of, of men in their 60s, and so on. Um, to answer your second question, Rich, as far as the common causes, it can be all over the place. We, our current understanding is that the vast majority of men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s suffer from vasculogenic or atherosclerotic-based ED. We just can't get enough blood flow into the penis to overcome the outflow out of the penis during during times of sexual arousal. Um, there, like I mentioned earlier, there are some other issues. There are psychogenic issues. There may be neurovascular issues. There may be neurologic issues. Um, there are some conditions, multiple sclerosis and, and other neurologic issues, and certainly any any kind of damage to the pelvic floor nervous system can, can lead to ED. Um, and then, of course, the, the big actors that are outside of the realm of normal aging, diabetes, hypertension, low testosterone, um, and, and often the medications that go hand-in-hand hand with treating those things, particularly blood pressure medicines and whatnot, can be problematic in terms of getting adequate blood flow into the penis, again, to overcome the outflow from the penis. Right. That's a very interesting. So it sounds like with 30-plus million men suffering from some type of erectile dysfunction, it seems like there's going to be years' worth of helping lots of people. It seems like it's only growing, or maybe it's just the awareness that people are starting to say, hey, I want to have you know better performance, or I'm not performing where I'm happy in my life. Obviously, it affects them not only physically, but it affects them mentally as well. Um, so I know we speak to a lot of patients who have uh, erectile dysfunction, so we help doctors all over the country to you know, help them get these men in front of them and, uh, you know, book appointments and have a, that serious conversation, you know, with the medical pro professional. Uh, so, you know, prior to maybe, you know, from what I see the last five or six years, when the conversation started to turn to, you know, new modalities or maybe all modalities that now are, you know, part of the conversation, almost 95% of the guys I know I speak to, and you can give a uh, better perspective, of, are you, have you have or are using some type of ED medication, Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, and, you know, from what I find, you know, most, you know, some guys get good results, some guys don't, and almost everybody gets some type of side effect that actually pushes them to look for, you know, other treatments or modalities. So if you could just discuss briefly some of the pros and the cons of, you know, taking the ED meds. Sure. That, that's that's easy. The, uh, like you said, most of the guys that come to me are, have already tried the ED meds, um, maybe they've gotten them from a friend, they've gotten them from their primary care physician, uh, they've gotten them from one of these online services. The, the pros are that they work. 
right? They, for the vast majority of men, they will work and, and they will provide some benefit. And the way they work is they reduce the blood flow out. So I, when I talk to, to men about the physiology of, of an erection, we talk about you know, filling a bathtub. We fill, talk about the faucet and the drain. And if you have a decent flow in the faucet and you stop up that drain, then you're going to fill the tub faster. You're going to keep it filled, and that's what Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, and all the you know similar uh, related medications do. They they slow down the uh, release of blood from the penis. The problem is that they don't get to the underlying issue. They're not treating any kind of root cause issue for for the vast majority of men, and and so over time it's a um, it's a, a decreasing benefit. So you get to the point where people have to take greater doses. And they may start to experience more significant side effects. Obviously, cost can, for some of these medicines, be an issue. Spontaneity can be an issue. And again, you're not getting to the underlying issue. So when, when I talk about this, I say, look, they, they play a role. There's nothing evil about the medications. And in fact, I have some men who do take a low dose of maybe 2.5 to 5 milligrams of tadalafil on a regular basis. It's also approved for prostate health and, and benign prostate enlargement. There's nothing unsafe about it for the vast majority of men. And you you will get some improvement of that drain control, but we're not dealing with the faucet. And so what we look to then is some of the regenerative techniques to improve the flow through the faucet. Some of that is dealing with the cardiometabolic health overall of that individual, diabetes, cholesterol, your blood pressure, and again, as I mentioned before, the medications you're on which can sometimes really, really cause problems. But um, then in addition, uh, we haven't even touched on it, but testosterone can play a big role both in desire, energy, strength, mood, um, overall feeling of of, uh, physical wellness, but can also play a role in how well the the penis holds on to that influx of, of vascular flow during an erection. So it's not just that it helps give the desire, but it also in many ways helps with the function. So if you have somebody who's really low testosterone, you know, you you may you may have some benefit from these medications, but again it's a um over time it's gonna be a, a less successful strategy. You know, I love the I love the tub analogy. I think I'm I'm making notes as I yeah. speak to I'm definitely gonna be using that when we're speaking to perspective patients for our medical partners. Rich, I've gone through a variety of analogies over over my time doing this, and I think that's the one that that is the most palatable. I and mean, we've got yeah, the the, the uh, front uh, yard, um, you know, kitty bath, uh, kitty pool, and right. we've got the, uh, the 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 balloon analogy from the the carnival. You know, the guy who's making the carnival animals with the balloons. Of all of them that I've used, and I'd be happy if anybody out there listening has a better analogy. The one I've found to be most effective has been this, the bathtub, you know, or the faucet and drain. So, <laughs> well, yeah. that one definitely stuck out to me. It. So, I'm yeah. using it. I will, <laughs> I will give you credit. So, uh, now no, we no, talked no, about no, ED no. medication. <laughs> now that we talked about ED medication, let's talk about, I mean, one thing I've learned from you is there's a lot of different, you know, uh, opportunities or modalities to treat men. I know you take this whole, like, 360-degree uh posture and you know for your treatment programs which i love and i do i enjoy speaking to you uh finding out what's new and exciting and so and this will probably be you know the bulk of what i really want to get to is you know so tell us some of the modalities that you've used 
and what your approach is to you know sexual medicine. I know we could probably talk to this about this for three hours on another podcast, but maybe for the next ten minutes or so, you know, what modalities are you using in your practice, and what have you found effective? How effective are they? Um, and just to give people a little bit of direction as to you know where you see it through your eyes and your lens. Sure, definitely. Uh, so, with with any kind of regenerative treatment, I I try to go from least invasive to more invasive over time as we you know kind of work through the spectrum. There are some men that I see in my practice who I I you know will be honest and say I'm going to apply everything that I have because you know you're going to need everything. You haven't had a spontaneous erection in three years and and we really need to throw the kitchen sink at you. But there are a lot of other guys who come in who need you know less uh, aggressive approach and want to go stepwise through it. So the the first thing that I always uh, recommend is some form of regenerative stimulation of the neurovascular tissue in and around the penis. So uh, when I originally started doing this a few years back, it was radial pressure. And so the radial pressure machines that are out there are uh, have been shown to be effective um, to some degree for mild to moderate ED. The issue with radial pressure, and not to get too much into the weeds, is that it is more tissue level rather than cellular level. It can be somewhat painful and can uh, actually cause some microtrauma, so you do need to be careful with sensitive vascular tissue, and you often need to use numbing cream. So early in my career, I went through a lot of BLT numbing cream in my practice, um, and it's messy. Guys leave, and they, they're numb for four to five hours, and, you know, it's sometimes a little disconcerting. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely out there, and that's how I sort of initially got into it. I now use my radial pressure machine much more often for musculoskeletal issues, for, for joint and tendon and, and muscle uh, work that I do on the regen med side. For ED, now I've moved beyond the radial pressure to focus shockwave. I use Stores Medical SD1 um, focus shockwave machine, and that really sort of is the, not a sort of, that really is the standard of care throughout the rest of the world. In all of this, the major studies that you look at, the modality most commonly most commonly quoted is focus shockwave. There's there's um, some linear focus shockwave variations as well. There's several med, uh, machines out there that that do a very equivalent uh, job of delivering this type of energy into the tissue. But typically, focus shockwave is going to be quieter, less painful, if not completely painless without any numbing cream, more efficient and effective in terms of the number of treatments, but also more expensive. So uh, there, there is a, a cost to going to the focus shockwave level. And typically we see most physicians who do this go start with radial pressure as I did, get comfortable with it and the effects and the effectiveness of it, and then move into uh, almost like a gateway, they move into the, the focused shockwave. So I right. do the uh, focused shockwave protocol, and anywhere between 6 and 12 treatments, depending on uh, the the situation at hand. More and more, I have found myself going to that once-a-week 12-session protocol, and that seems to be borne out by the the, the more recent studies. There's a, we could talk a little bit about the studies, but one of the problems in this world is in the world of regenerative medicine, particularly sexual health, is that there's 
it's hard to talk apples to apples with the studies because some studies are using radial pressure, some studies are using focus right. shockwave in combination. Some some studies don't even mention; they just right. use these generic terms like ESWT or EPAT, and they don't mention what device they're using or what protocols or what energy levels. You know, there's a lot of of little nuances that that take time to to kind of piece out, and um, and so sometimes it's really hard to see how do you compare uh, one one technology. Uh, with another. But what I have found is that the vast majority of the studies are really pushing toward the focus shockwave or really endorsing the focus shockwave approach and um, more treatments maybe on a less frequent basis. I was originally taught twice a week for three weeks or twice a week for six weeks. I've gone more to a, a once a week phenom- you know, uh, treatment protocol program. And then beyond the, the shockwave treatment, beyond stimulating the neurovascular tissue, I think that it's really important to consider something to stimulate the pelvic floor. So Kegel exercise-related pelvic floor stimulation, and there are a couple of devices on the market now that can do that, and there's one in particular that I use, that can be very effective in improving the stimulation of the pelvic floor. So you also get the the neurovascular bundle in the pelvis, but you get the pubococcygeus muscle and the rest of the, the pelvic floor musculature, which has secondary benefits too for all sorts of different uh, uh, physical activity issues. But for sexual health, improve the strength and control of erections and have a secondary benefit in terms of intensity of orgasm that we've noticed as well as control over ejaculation. So I, as a separate issue, I have some men who come to me just for premature ejaculation, and I often, you know, will utilize this, this pelvic floor Kegel stimulation. So, again, that's more of a uh, non-invasive, long lines of the shockwave uh, technique, moving maybe one step more intense or more invasive. I often use a, a vacuum erection pump, there are a couple of very good ones out there on the market that are uh, medical grade. That are there's one in particular that I use that is used with the Mayo Clinic and was done in research with the Mayo Clinic urology department for post prostatectomy men. And so oftentimes we'll use that device as well and have men do some vacuum erection treatments. And I always tell guys, this is not, you know, your Austin Powers pump, mm-hmm. right? This is not the, you know, we, 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 I always try to demystify it and joke a little bit with them because here I am talking, they're coming in for me to fix something and I'm telling them that they need to go home with this pump and hide it from their wife or children or <laughs> girlfriend and, you know, and, and, you know, you do this on the sly, but it's, it's, um, these are not toys. These are very well-made medical grade devices. And the nice thing about the pumps is that the pump doesn't care. Right, the pump doesn't care what your blood pressure is. The pump doesn't care what your testosterone level is, or whether you're sexually aroused. It's going to create some negative pressure to pull tissue in, and then therefore secondarily improve vascular flow into that. You've got to be careful, and then I give them some guidelines and some some ways of doing it carefully and safely, you know, with some parameters. But it can be very very helpful at you know, breaking up any kind of adhesions that are going on. And I tell them it's like going to the gym. You know, if I if you wanted to uh, get stronger upper body uh, muscles and 
be able to do push-ups or pull-ups or or play a sport like you like you want to do, you know, you you've got to do the work. You've got to do right. the exercise. You've got to do the resistance training. This is similar. This is going to the gym for your ED. So so that's another thing I had. And then um, I do some PRP injections, uh, actually PRFM, which is platelet-rich um, uh, fiber and matrix. So I draw blood, spin it down. I'll activate it with a little bit of calcium chloride before injection. And that will start to gel up the platelets, release alpha granules, and you can get uh, a good effect from the PRFM. Very similar to PRP, it's just a matter of activating it beforehand. But PRP, PRFM, um, some people call it the P-shot, you know, all those different terms out there. And that can be very effective. And what's really exciting, Rich, is the the um, growing awareness of stem cells and exosomes for this purpose as well. There are, it, it's a, if you haven't noticed, it's a little bit of a wild west out there right now. And yeah, it's a wild west. Yeah, it's kind of crazy what people are doing. But but the the amazing thing is that that there are so many things that we can do to stimulate a regenerative response. As long as we remember, first do no harm, make sure that there's some value in what we're doing, make sure patients understand expectations. You know, I, I, part of what we do is making sure we understand what success looks like. Is success feeling like a 22-year-old or is success feeling like we've turned the clock back five years ago when, you know, the occasional Viagra on a weekend date with your significant other was working just fine, right? So it's everybody has a different level of success. But all of these things together, everything from shockwave to pelvic floor stim to pumps to injections, um, you know, let alone testosterone management and the medications, really can play a big role in improving the uh, blood flow and the vasculogenic ED that, that, that guys are out there having. Um, one thing I would say just really, really quickly as an aside, I don't think personally as a physician it's okay just to treat the ED and send somebody out the door. I think at some level there has to be a conversation about the canary in the coal mine issue. You know, and my focus more and more as I do this, as you and I work together and as I look to 2021 and, and really creating as much of a comprehensive program in my practice as possible, I really want to make sure people, understand, these guys understand that they're coming in because they want something, right? You want better sexual function. You want more spontaneity. You want to feel better about your relationship. You want to be able to show up in your relationship. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes we need to discuss what you need to keep it there. To, you know, why, why is it that this happened in the first place? And is right. that a cause of concern where you're going to have a heart attack, a stroke, you're going to start to have cardiomyopathy, you're going to have, you know, um, uh, issues from, from testosterone deficiency? You know, let's, let's really have that open conversation about what really at the end of the day brought you in here at age, you know, 52 or 61 or, or gosh, I have 43-year-olds coming in who are starting to develop this. And a uh, perfect example of guys just started treating recently with um, familial hypercholesterolemia. And we're going to get him scheduled for a coronary artery calcium CT scan because I'm happy to treat his ED, but he's going to be back in three years, if not right. sooner, five years, you know, if we don't get that under control and really know what's going on in terms of those arterial health. So 
so really I just want to make a little plug for that 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 you know we we got to make sure that we're keeping an eye on the big picture too the 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 big underlying why not just the the regional why yeah, that's that's yeah. Uh, very interesting and fascinating. And one thing that I know for sure, and I'm sure that you would agree with this as well, is you know we have to preach to our um, our patients and even our prospects or people we're just speaking with or uh, doing a consultation. They need to take care of themselves as well. So exercise, eating right, not smoking, drinking minimally. You know, really important factors. Uh, you made the you know great point. You said you need to put the work in and. You know, as long as I've been doing it, I, I tell people, look, if you want great results, you're going to have to, it's not just a magic fix, you know, using this great cutting edge technology and going to the best physicians. It's really, you know, taking care of yourself in general. Um, and I'm sure I know you agree with those things, how, how important it is for our, you know, our patients or you know, people who are interested in you know, getting better with their, you know, having better sexual health. They need to do a lot of work. They really need to take yeah. care of themselves in general. Yeah. I, I think um, that when I when I look at this big picture, uh, you know, having done regular primary care for so many years and prescribing medication, I really think that the the key is that the combination of lifestyle medicine and regenerative right. medicine. Just as you said, there are things that I can do, but there are things that you need to do in your daily right. life, you know, to so that yeah. that these things will stick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to ask you one more question along those lines, uh, because I don't want to leave this out. So we, we're talking about erectile dysfunction. We're talking about men who you know, are having challenges. But how about men that really aren't or are going to in the future or right now say, I'm good? Because I know for a fact, because I've dealt with thousands of patients over the last several years on, in a consultative role, is there have been more men in general, looking for a boost, you know, in their sex life, and they might not have erectile dysfunction. They might not know it, but they feel like they're functioning normally and everything's just okay. What would your comment be as far as, or your suggestion as far as this being, you know, prevalent for men that are not suffering with, you know, chronic ED or even just, you know, uh, mild ED? You mean, uh, just so I understand the question. You healthy know, man. Yeah, healthy man who's just saying, yeah. okay, I'm good, but can certainly yeah. benefit from these treatments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, two things I would say. Number one, anybody can benefit from these treatments because this, even regard, you know, taking away the the uh, disease state issues, the vasculogenic and really scary stuff, there is a normal aging process, you know, and, and part of the, the goal of regenerative medicine is to turn back the clock a little bit. I always make the point, we can't stop time. But if I can turn the clock back a few years and have you function a little bit better, and then we can work on those things that's, that are deteriorating the function, wonderful. You know, that's a real, that's a really big success. I certainly have had plenty of guys come in who either they've had they've undergone a change in their relationship or maybe they were in a relationship where they weren't sexually active and now they are and they just want to make sure they can, again, have the confidence, feel good about themselves, show up at their best. You know, that's a, that is a great person to work with because also we can talk about some of the things just to stay healthy and make sure that they're, they're staying healthy. Um, the other thing I would say really quickly about that is that by the time somebody has ED, it's not as though they just developed issues from an uh, right. atherosclerotic or vasculogenic 
standpoint or cardiometabolic standpoint yesterday, right? This is a little bit of the tip of the iceberg phenomenon. Things do happen over time behind the scenes. And I always try to make that point when I have somebody who's normal, you know, just make sure you're checking up with your doctor from time to time, keeping an eye on your blood pressure, your cholesterol, the things that you might not otherwise feel, your blood sugar for that matter, you know, some, some really interesting trends in terms of glycemic control and overall cardiometabolic health that are going on in, in the world of, of regenerative and lifestyle medicine these days. And damn it, stay active, right? <laughs> Move your damn body. We just don't. Absolutely. We just, so much of what I see could be, could be so much better or not even be an issue if we just got the heck up off our chairs and yeah, that's an hour of a day in yourself. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're zooming ourselves to death. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that was good, good, good advice. So here, here comes, you know, probably the $50 million question for a lot of people, even for myself is that there's, a lot of medical providers out there that are offering um, these different solutions that we're talking about, uh, radio shockwave and uh, pelvic floor and P-shot and just a lot of things out there. And um, yeah. I get this question all the time from doctors is, can you send me the protocols for this? Can you send me the protocols for that? And listen, I know there's protocols out there. I've seen them. But it just seems like there's no real, like, definitive protocol for the modalities you're talking to. So typically, my answer will be, let me get you in contact with Dr. Cunningham. Uh, he'll give you great advice, and he'll consult with you on this. Um, he's very successful in his practice, and, you know, this is what he specializes in. But, you know, why does it seem, and you probably have the answer, why does it seem that there's really no definitive pro protocol for any of these treatments or modalities? Uh, so it's a great question. Again, going a little bit back to the Wild West, part of it is is a lack of definition. You know, what is ED? How do we right. score it? Do we score it using, uh, you know, a SHIM score, EHF, the erectile hardness scale? Do we, you know, a number of different scales out there. What are we talking right. about when we say ED? Because that means something different for everybody. I had guys come in who said, I have ED because I can't have sex three times in, you know, two right. hours. And I, you know, wait a second. What, what are you doing? How do I get something? What are you taking? Um, and then I have other people who, again, who haven't had a, a spontaneous erection in three years without a trimix shot or, or without having to use a pump or and a, and, a, and, a, and a constriction ring or something along those lines. So so the definitions are all over the place. And then our our idea of success is all over the place as well. You know, what is, what defines a, a successful outcome? So some of that is very personalized. That's one of them. One, the other one is, is money, you know, not right. to put too fine a point on it. There are companies out there that have really invested in one particular technology and they're somewhat right. deaf to the benefits of another technology. And it's, it's unfortunate because it leads, at least in this country, it leads to a true lack of transparency and a lack of cooperation and coordination in terms of, of moving the, the, the science forward. Uh, we, there's, a, there's a urologist out there. I won't, I won't name who it particularly is, but he's known for being really tough and very, um, I don't want to say cynical, skeptical. 
And he has, um, you know, the American Neurological Association has been very reticent to, to fully embrace shockwave technology because of the optics. But this particular neurologist, that on the west used to be here in Boston, is now on, a, on the west coast, has said that uh, this definitely has has pro, you know promise, has pro, you know this really does show efficacy. The question is, you know how best to do it. And that's the million-dollar question. And it may be 5, 10, 15 years before the urologic associations really get behind this in such a way that they say, hey, you got to do it this way. Insurance covers it. And this is the protocol. And this is how we, you know, that's the the um, sort of the, the the benefit and the curse of being uh, one of the first in, you know, being on the bleeding edge of medicine is that, uh, some of the some of the, the the research we have to look really carefully at and see how it applies to the individual in front of us. We have to make sure we're not overselling and have a really honest conversation about expectations. And there have been plenty of patients where uh, prospective patients where I said, "Look, I just I don't think this is going to help. I don't think this is the right treatment. I don't, you know, I sure I'd love to have you." you know, be a member of my practice and pay me to do these services, yeah. but you're gonna you're not gonna get the benefit. Um right. so we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be able to look ourselves in the in in the eye in the mirror at, at the end of the day and say, hey, did we do the right thing? You know, we'll make sure we don't give this this world of, of men's sexual regenerative health a bad name by by touting procedures that aren't effective. So there's there's that's one of the big stra- challenges. The other, as I mentioned earlier, is just um Different modalities, different, you know, sometimes the, 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 if you look at the research out there, they don't always say what device they're using. Some of them cha- do wildly different protocols, wildly different number of shocks or treatments, and there are very few, if any, studies. And if anybody out there is listening and knows of one, I'd love to see it. Um, no, I don't know of any study that is directly head-to-head comparing, say, radial pressure with SD1 stores, focus shockwave versus the um, Richard Wolf uh, linear shockwave device from Germany. You know, everybody's got just sort of seeing if it's effective, and we know it's effective. Just which right. one is most effective? <laughs> you know, that's the challenge right now. And um, you know, I think those studies will come out, but but you know, you got somebody in front of you who wants to have a better sexual health, you know, lifestyle. I, I don't want to look them in the eye and say I can't look them in the eye and say you know the studies aren't there we got to wait 15 years or 12 years right you know, two years right? good point they they want better health now sure so. absolutely great thank you that was a great answer so was we going to kind of wind down the podcast you've been an amazing guest so far I'm always learning from you so let's talk a little bit about the business end of this now we talked about the medical. And now we've got to talk a little bit about the business end. So as far as the treatments you're offering, the programs you're offering, um, what would you, do you consider it? Obviously, I know the answer is going to be yes, but is, has this been a good revenue source, you know, for your practice? And, you know, what type of advice would you give to physicians who are either in this, uh, realm and have either not been successful or kind of spinning their wheels. And I'm talking more about through a results standpoint um, or a, a medical provider or physician who's looking to get into this particular field. Cause it is growing. And I, I see no end to 
you know, the exponential growth of people seeking uh, treatment and um, to overcome the obstacles and challenges in their life that, you know, sexual dysfunction is causing for them. So what have you found from a business aspect, from a revenue standpoint, and then your advice to anybody who's in this business right now, successful, not successful, or looking to jump in? What, w- what would you tell them? Hmm. Okay. Um, it, yes. I think it's been fantastic. Uh, you know, am I retiring off this kind of money? No. This is, this is oh, yeah. the, the machines are right. The machines are expensive. You know, it does require some investment, um, mm-hmm. but it's fun to do. You know, it is, and and I and I mean that sincerely. Some of these actually had a patient this morning that we had this great conversation about. Pot, actually, we were talking about podcasts. I was telling them coming on on your podcast today, um, but just a great conversation about about life, about literature, about um, these just. All sorts of interesting things, and I and I found that the men that I that I connect with doing these treatments are some of my favorite patients in my practice and in my world because we um, they have to be somewhat vulnerable. You know, you have somebody who maybe the first time you're meeting them is going to be naked in front of you on an exam table, and you're you obviously got gloves on, but you're handling their their you know penis and doing this, these treatments, and and that's a very vulnerable way to to be especially if you don't know somebody. I have plenty of patients of my own who I've known for 10, 15 years who have done the treatments, but, but somebody's just right. walking in off the street, right? And and so um, by respecting that vulnerability and appreciating that vulnerability, you really start to develop a bond, and you and there's so many things that we can do. I always learn so much from my, my Shockwave, my ED clients and patients, and I hope they do for me as well. Lifestyle, nutrition, we talk a lot about you know, intermittent fasting, and we talk about cardiometabolic health, and sometimes I even, you know, we'll, we'll discuss their medications and say, hey, look, next time you see your endocrinologist, maybe ask them about this, or your neurologist asks about that. You know, I really try to be a guide, and I think it's enriched my practice. It's made things more interesting for me, and it's really enhanced my ability to treat a wider range of, of conditions. Um, from a financial standpoint, it can be challenging because, Sometimes we spin our wheels with leads and with um, you know lead generators and and marketing and and it's not necessarily what we need, which is why you've been so successful with me and while you and I have have been had such success together because you understand this this world and you understand the business side of things from all your your years in the in the industry and it's been a really uh, successful partnership, um, hopefully for for many months and years to come as well, uh, especially as we. As, as the world starts spinning again in 2021 after after all of this craziness, but the um, but I think that's the biggest challenge. I think the biggest challenge is um, spinning your wheels, talking to to a lot of guys who seem really interested, and then they don't understand that it's not covered by insurance or what the cost is. And so finding that right price point is really important. And, and what's you know really making sure you understand who it is that you want to serve. If you want to just see two or three new clients a month and charge them five or six thousand dollars, that's one way to go. If you want to see more people and charge less, that's another. You know, you just sort of have to understand who your clientele is, who you want to who you want to target. Um, I think one of the bigger organizations in or bigger uh, companies in this space has done a little bit of a disservice by by pricing it at a very uh, high uh, uh, premium price. Premium, yeah. thank you. Perfect way to say it. Premium price, and at some point, you're 
you've gotten through the, uh, the, the, the early adopters, right? And, you know, they're just, there are a lot of them out there. And wherever you are, you'll be able to find them. But it can be challenging to find them. Um, so I think we need to understand that it doesn't have to be quite as expensive. Uh, you know, it depends on where you are and you understand your market. Uh, trying to think if I answered the, the question. But, but all in all, this has been wonderful. If nothing else, I mean, definitely financially has been great and has really opened my eyes to this whole regenerative medicine revolution. And I, and I, quick little plug, there are only a small groups, small number of groups in the United States that are promoting regenerative medicine. But this, this is an incredibly exciting field. If there's anybody out there listening with your, you know, primary care or urology or it doesn't matter what, what field you're in, um, if you have an interest, uh, you know, if you're physical medicine or rehab, Regenerative medicine, in my mind, is, is going to be the next revolution in medicine. Ways of stimulating the body to heal without surgery, medications, um, without, you know, potentially without even injections or, or being invasive at all. You know, obviously PRP and PRFM kind of stuff, you know, exosomes, stem cells. I don't necessarily consider those too invasive. But right. this is a really, really great place to be right now in terms of, of people looking for alternatives that are outside of the uh, better living through chemistry model that we've been in for so long. So, uh, yeah. Excellent, excellent. And, and you know, a couple of things I heard you say, which are so important. It's, you know, number one, you have to have a passion for helping people. And I think that's what most physicians get into, you know, being into medicine is, is to help people. Um, and I think with, when you're talking about sexual wellness, I know that, you know, one of the big success factors for our company is the, relationships we establish. It's learning how to be empathetic and speaking to people and letting them know you're not the only one. Um, you know, we want to help you and, you know, we're here for you. You know, just let us know, you know, what's going on. Be honest with you. And we're going to be honest back. And we, you know, we want to set, you made a good point, setting reasonable expectations, uh, making sure people are educated and they understand. You know, most people, when you introduce anything to, they're not going to jump on it right away. They need more right. information. They want to, you know, look elsewhere, whatever it is. But I truly believe that if you build that great relationship with your prospective patients and, of course, your patients, and they know you have their back, they know you're giving them good information, and they know that you care you're going to be so much more successful in this business, not just about you have ED and I'm going to solve it. It's let's see how this is impacting your life, um, how your life looks now and how your life would look, you know, after you've gotten the benefits of the, you know, the various treatments and the protocols that, you know, you're suggesting. So I think that's super, you know, really, really important for anybody who's looking to get into spaces already in the spaces, relationship building. Yeah. So Dave, um, welcome so, quick question. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, I said to say well put. Well put. Oh, okay, great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, um, you're getting into consulting now or been in consulting, and I know that, you know, personally, I want my physician partners to get, you know, the best advice. And one thing, uh, you know, a lot of things I, I love about our relationship, but great thing is you, you love to talk about it. I, I've introduced you to some doctors who you've you know, got gotten them in the right direction. So people want to learn how to be successful and not exactly, again, sure where to start or what that success formula is. So David, if any medical practitioner, physician, they're interested in contacting you for you know, any kind of consulting sure. uh, or to learn more about the business, what is the best way for them to contact you? 
First of all, thank you for saying so. I, I do love to talk about it. I told you ahead of time you were going to have to edit this if you want to keep <laughs> I'm not editing one oh. second of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I apologize, everybody out there. Um, no. You can reach me at drdavid, Dr. David, at infinitymenshealth.com. And Infinity Men's Health is, is my, my practice. Um, you can get to me through the website. You can always reach out to, to Rich and have, uh, you know, to, to have them reach out to you, Rich, and have you connect them with me. Um, you can text me at 508-686-7271. That's my sort of secure voiceover IP phone that I just use for business. You can text me at 2 in the morning, and I won't get it until the next day, so no worries about waking me up. <laughs> and I always, tell, I always tell everybody, just, just don't even worry about it. Just, just send it out there if it's on your mind at three in the morning and, and you don't want to forget. That's all good. Um, no, but I'd love to, to connect with, with more people out there um, been in the, the field long enough to know who some of the, the, the partners are that you want to connect with as far as the the, um, the actual technology and, and the, 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 you know, um, the machines, whether it be the pelvic floor stimulation or the focused or radio pressure shockwave machines. Um, some some great relationships that I've had the opportunity to build over the years in that regard, and then of course talking about you know the best way to approach any particular patient. So even if it's somebody Absolutely. out there who's already doing it, who just wants to to run protocols by me, or or honestly, I'm always looking to learn. So if somebody's out there listening to this and saying, wait a second, you can't do it like that. You need to do it like this, or you're you you've completely forgotten about X, Y, or Z. Please reach out. You know, I think one of the problems is the, the 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 silence in the. You know, we all feel like we're trying to compete with each other. It's not. We there are plenty. There are thirty million guys out there that we could be helping together. Let's let's work together a little bit more. Fantastic, David, Doctor David Cunningham. I wanted to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You are an incredible guest. I always learn. And if anybody wants to contact Dr. Cunningham, I will put those numbers up for people to be able to email him or text him. My name is Rich Force. I'm the CEO of Medical Marketing Solution. Don't feel free to reach out to me anytime, 888-292-1147. Check us out at www.medicalmarketingsolution.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone got a plethora of information. We'll have uh, Dr. Cunningham on again. Thank you so much and have a great day.